Good afternoon. Good afternoon. This is Quotes from Quarantine. We back, baby. <laughs> nice. We back. So this is Pastor Brian, and I'm joined this afternoon by Miss Rachel Lassen. And also for comedic and chiming in, we have Mitchell Barhart, who has also joined us on microphone this afternoon. Hello. So uh, this is, it's been a little bit of a uh, long time coming. Um, but we decided that we were going to bring a little Quotes and Quarantine back, do a little podcasting. We figured in this kind of holiday season, there's lots of things going on. And uh, we just want to continue to use all these different methods and uh, mediums to connect with our church and larger audience. So this is going to be um, different. There's going to be some different conversation points. It's going to be somewhat personal, somewhat devotional. Uh, somewhat uh, marketing and talking about upcoming events. Um, but we are going to take a deeper dive in some things that we just can't always get to on a sunny morning. And that's kind of what uh, we are attempting to accomplish. Right, Rachel? Absolutely. In other words, we've heard your emails. We've seen your comments on Facebook. You want quotes from Quarantine Back. So we're back for you. I wouldn't say that I ever saw that in direct uh, <laughs> quotation that they specifically want to quote some quarantine, but they asked But they questions. got it. Yeah. We could and feel they asked questions. Yeah. We yeah. could feel it through we the internet. We could interwebs. feel the, the energy of, of the longing for a return to quote yes. quarantine. So we're going to begin with just kind of a personal update because, again, you know, we're separated. We do a lot of meaningful distance. Um, you know, Sunday morning, we're probably at you know, like 30 to 40 percent uh, are people that are in-house versus the rest of our congregation is joining us online in some capacity. And so we don't get to really do life uh, like we used to together. And so I think it is important for uh, us to talk about life and we're real people and going through real things. And so, Rachel, this has been a full season. And in the midst of all this, uh, three members of your own family have come down with COVID. That they did. And the fact that they got COVID, that's not the funny part. Um, but there is an element <laughs> of humor around this story. Do you mind sharing a little bit about of uh, kind of what happened there? Yes. Well, um, yeah. So we had someone that Pastor Brian and I were both exposed to who was positive for COVID. Can you confirm such a thing? I will confirm. Okay. So we have been exposed, um, and we were waiting to see if this person. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) It's me. I was trying to like. It's okay. I I tested positive. I got symptoms. I've recovered. That's that's my personal COVID. He was the only one. Yeah. Correct. It was a solo endeavor. So, yeah, Mitchell got COVID, and he was out, and while we were waiting for his test to come back, Um, It happened to be Thanksgiving and my family who my mom and my dad who are um, my dad actually has some pre-existing conditions. So we tried to be a little bit careful. And so it was like, hey, maybe you shouldn't come home for Thanksgiving. So Brian's dear wife heard that and I'm sure talked with Brian about it. And they were like, you should come to our house for Thanksgiving. So because we were together and we had been exposed to Mitchell. So. You know, if we're going to get it, we're all going to get it. Right. We were all the same fate. Why didn't I get the Thanksgiving invite? 
Yeah, that's that's because <laughs> I actually you. had COVID. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So I was at Brian and the Zahaskis' home for Thanksgiving. Turns out how the stars aligned was that my mom actually had COVID during Thanksgiving, giving it to my dad, giving it to my sister who went home from college. Um, and if I had gone home. I would have also been down for the count, not from Mitchell, but from my mom who got it at work. So if anything, you know, it's kind of a funny story, but it was a little scary in the in the moment. When so you they came got to it. our house to avoid giving <laughs> the potential of COVID to your family. Yeah. But in the end, they got it and you didn't get it because you stayed away. And right. there, there is a, a sense of irony there. It's an impressive maneuver. I'm not sure I've joked with them about it. <laughs> as Not yet. No, it was seemed a little too close, little but too maybe, soon. but Christmas, I feel it coming. Um, so yeah, that's just been something I've been walking through. There's been some, some just stress. You never, you hear things in the media um, and just hear stories that can cause you kind of to slip into a panic when a loved one gets COVID. And so um, it's just been a, a learning experience um, for kind of everyone in my family, but they are out of quarantine now. Actually, I think yesterday was the first day, and they're they're back to live in their life. It was fun that the church that my dad's at, Maywood, they could join us on Sunday while my dad was healing. So that's kind of what's been going on in my side of this planet. Um, Brian, you've also had a lot going on in um, in your personal life. Apparently on my side of the planet. On your side of the planet. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. Completely different sides. Completely. Different but they're right next to each other. Uh, Ministry-wise, I'd, I'd say that there is a fullness to this season. Um, and I've said this in a number of other places. I do really find energy in being able to do creative things. And so I think the way that we revised and revisioned Pumpkin Mania uh, was very significant. Um, I am proud of the work that our team did for Thanksgiving Eve and, and doing that online and having the diversity of voices there and the complexity of putting a service together, um, putting all these pieces together and then putting it online. I'm really proud of our team for that. Uh, I'm energized by what we're doing for Christmas Eve, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, and Eulita, which will be on Christmas morning, and, and that Eulita is going to have a, a bit of a resemblance to that of, Chris, of Thanksgiving Eve. And so, again, I'm excited about those. Um, I think the challenging uh, piece has just been um, how to care well for people. Um, I've never been more convinced as a leader um, that I need to be co uh, cultivating a culture within myself uh, of empathy and compassion and patience. And I also think about how to do that within the sphere of influence that's in front of me, this church. How do we continue to promote this culture of compassion and empathy and patience with one another? Um, in fact, I'm reading some books now uh, about just kind of how do you do that and, and what are some of the telltale signs. And so those are some things I'm, I've been thinking a lot about. But again, I think it's important that I'm, you know, I'm far away from it, but I'm trying to do it in my own life and then be able to live that out as a leader. Uh, personally, it's been a bit of a challenging season uh, as a parent, uh, walking alongside uh, our own children, some who are, are struggling, both emotionally and physically, and then how to care well for uh, the other uh, group mm -hmm. of our kids, our own uh, four kids, uh, who aren't struggling. And so well, we kind of devote energy for one or two of them, then the other two kind of get left out. And so we're really, really grateful that we have grandparents that live uh, pretty near here. And so we've been able to 
kind of farm out our kids a little bit more over the last couple of weeks. Um, but I'll tell you the real joy this morning. Uh, for some reason, my kids have allowed, at least my two youngest kids have allowed me to help with the teeth extraction. And uh, so this morning, Sayla uh, has been dangling this tooth for the last uh, 24 hours or so. And oh, just, snap. It's a just, different tooth? It is a different tooth than, than the one that than was the last just, one I helped. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, and so she came to me this morning and she said, you know, feel the tooth and it's super, super wiggly. <laughs> and, but she'd said last 24 hours that she wanted to do it on her own. And I was like, I'm totally fine with that. And so she said that this morning, she goes, no, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do it when it comes out or when it's ready to come out. And then she uh, left the room, <laughs> came back 30 seconds later, says, no, I want you to help me. Cute. And so I went and grabbed a paper towel and I said, all right, this will be real quick. Three, two. And I just pulled you it out. It? Uh, there it is. Um, so that was kind of a joy. That's, that is. It's a weird kind of sadistic joy, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's fun to be a part of that. Do you know that Sayla, after church one Sunday, she came to me and she said, Rachel, meet me in the kitchenette. And so I met her in the kitchenette because I was scared. And then she was like, grab a paper towel and rip out my tooth. <laughs> and I was like, I think that's something for your parents to handle. I was like, I would love that. It was funny because I watched that conversation happen. Yeah. You both disappeared off into the kitchenette. And so I'm like, oh, okay, something's happening. You come meet back out. Meet me in the kitchenette. Meet me in the, yeah. And so you come out and you're like, Brian? <laughs> yeah. Which I think you did pull that tooth. <laughs> yeah. So then five seconds later, Brian's like, all right, Sayla, you ready? <laughs> the mistake is that I helped Jonah also with a tooth that wasn't quite nearly as ready to come out. And so that was a, just a slightly more uh, traumatic experience. Yeah. And sadistic, right? Rachel, you're wearing a number of hats here at Hope, and uh, and you wear those hats really well. Um, and so the question I'm going to ask you is less about kind of a programmatic update when it comes to youth ministry, but I'm just curious if you could give a reflection about maybe some of your hopes and struggles and uh, things that you're dealing with when it comes to youth ministry in this pandemic, and kind of what's our trajectory? Like what, where are we headed when it comes to youth ministry? So less programmatic, and I'm more just kind of, We'd love to hear your youth pastor's heart as it comes to youth ministry in a pandemic. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, it can kind of feel like we kind of got into a rhythm last year of what worked well for our group. You know, we last year had um, 35 students usually that were coming on a Wednesday night and we would pack into the youth room, literally pack into the youth room. Um, we played games, we had snacks, we, we had great small groups that we had figured out. And so when everything changed in a lot of ways, it felt like it was stacked against us, um, because of everything we thought that we used to build community, like games and, um, where you're tagging each other and, and snacks and, um, all those things for this season just aren't the safest to do. So it's really, it's caused us to be innovative and I think it's caused, um, me to just realize the blessing of, of some of the past things that we were able to do and hopefully we'll be able to do again. Um, but throughout it all, I have been so proud of the teenagers. I just wasn't sure how it was going to go with having to wear masks and, and socially distance. And, um, you know, we have lots of different, I know there's lots of different thoughts around all those type of things. And, I was just, I've been continually impressed by the students that are willing to make the best of things. You know, we were playing broom ball and masks um, and just had, have had a great time. Um, we've, we've launched some discipleship groups this year, which have been amazing. I wasn't sure how they were going to go 
um, given that they'd have to wear masks the whole time and be socially distant. Um, but it's just been, I don't know, I the, the discipleship groups that I lead, we've had such fruitful conversation, um, especially about just the challenges of this year. So um, it has not been easy and it doesn't seem like there's going to be an easy answer anytime soon. But I've just... I've just been honestly inspired by our young people and their willingness to not not necessarily go with the flow, but just willing to to keep on going. So that's kind of what's been happening on our end. One of my arguments has been that that again, there are so many challenges that this era of COVID has caused. Yeah, but it has um, created space to try things on the margins. Mm-hmm. And there's, um, I think across the board, there's more um, uh, space to try things and be okay that they don't work. Yeah. And so um, I've seen that in how you've approached certain elements of youth ministry, that there are things that you've tried and some things that have been winners and things that maybe haven't won as well. But, um, but there's that permission to do that. You've given yourself permission to do that. And you've seen things like deception groups, which I think is the arc of where you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I think you've been able to get there faster Yep. Because in reality, those were some of the only options we had. It's true. So again, I've appreciated your creativity towards that innovation and willingness to try new things, even if the success rate, you, you know, you're not even sure exactly how everything's going to go. Yeah. So that's been, that's been something I've, it's been trial and error and it will continue to be. Um, but I just appreciated, you know, all of our, our team's help as we try to, Get something together there for our young people. Now, Brian, I know you put a lot of time and effort into your sermons. I see you on Wednesday mornings with the door closed of your office, um, cooking up a storm when it comes to writing a sermon. Um, And I'm curious if there's anything from these past couple sermons that you wanted to talk about, but for the sake of time, you couldn't. Um, does anything come to your mind? Yeah. And, you know, they talk about kind of the work you do in prepping a sermon is kind of like an iceberg. And the reality is the sermon that you actually give is kind of the tip of the iceberg that sits above the water. And um, so when I was writing last week in this uh, sermon on sight and kind of seeing, uh, understanding what God's field of vision is and adopting that for ourselves, this text, really interesting text from First Samuel 16 with David, uh, I realized I wrote and I wrote and I wrote, and I had one more major point to get to, and um, I couldn't get to it because now's the time. I just uh, I just kept writing mm-hmm. too much on the other sections. Uh, but I guess the thing that that really struck me is so at the end of the scene where David is anointed as the next king of Israel, the next scene is back to Saul, who's, who's been told already that he's going to um, be removed from office. Uh, and it's not a drastic overnight deal. Um, but one of the things that the text illuminates is that he, he starts having some physical ailments. Um, and he's starting to, to have these headaches, and he's really struggling. And so he needs comfort. He needs, and he's found comfort in, in music. And it just so happens that they start a search process to find out who can play the lyre, who can play this instrument to help him, um, you know, remove this pain that he's experiencing. And it just so happens that David, uh, who is this now anointed king, but not everyone knows that yet, not very many, very few people actually know that at that point, actually has this skill. 
And so David is worked into the royal court, if you will, um, because he has this skill of playing uh, the lyre. And he and it, it uses it to bring comfort to ultimately the guy who he's going to replace. And it just it reminds me again, over and over again, that there are gifts that God has given us. And there's a real temptation to overlook some of the gifts that God has given us. I mean, here's a shepherd. He's out in the wilderness. He's doing his deal. And yet um, it isn't his skills as a shepherd. It isn't his skills as a warrior that allows him to become a king. Um, and then in the midst of this, in this middle transitional period, the thing that gets him into the royal house is this little known gift of being a musician. And God uses that to put him in a place of influence. And so my encouragement to the congregation would have been, and still is, I just couldn't say it in, in person, is don't undervalue the gifts that God has given you. Don't, don't write off particular gifts and think, oh, that's not significant, that God can't use that. Because I really do believe that God has gifted us uh, with a number of gifts for particular seasons of life. And it's really important to continue to nurse those gifts mm -hmm. and, um, and to, with a boldness, uh, invite God to put you in places where you can use those gifts. And so that was something that I've just really been wrestling with a lot. And I went through the staff that day and just said, hey, here are the gifts that I, I, uh, I see you all have um, that I don't think many people actually see. And here's how I see God using you. And again, I could do that for a number of people in our congregation as well. And yeah. so that's just my encouragement to our, our congregation. Yeah. So I'm going to actually pass it back to you, Rachel. Um, this is this is kind of the fun section, if you will, of oh, our yeah. of our quotes from quarantine, yeah. and uh, and we committed to making this a thirty minute podcast and not going much longer. So we're gonna keep we're, doing a, we're keeping an eye on our time. So it is the it is the holiday season. It's the Christmas season, and um, and so uh, there is actually a really sweet scene at Thanksgiving. So Rachel comes over with our family. We're sort of on our own quarantine issue. And, uh, and so we're watching, I can't remember what we're watching. Um, Christmas Chronicles? Christmas Chronicles. And, uh, <laughs> and Miss Sela, our fiery uh, daughter, um, dresses up as Santa Claus. Full blown. Full blown, the beard, the whole nine yards. The wig, the hat, yep. Wig, beard, yep. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so what she does is she just climbs on the couch and she sits in Rachel's lap. She falls asleep. Uh, and it's just this really kind of, <laughs> kind of cute scene. Yeah, it was um, cute. But Christmas can't, um, it's missing something if we don't talk about or we don't watch movies. It feels like that's a, a part and parcel of the Christmas experience. So we're going to actually be um, revealing today through social media, we're oh, going to yeah. have a, a Christmas uh, contest to identify what the number one, the best ever Christmas movie is and what we're yeah. going to do today is we're going to highlight our own top three <laughs> yes because hopefully they make it far on the bracket correct if they're even on the bracket well does we'll this get make them on the bracket, bracket? they'll make in the bracket yep. so i think we'll go back and forth okay. and then what we're going to do is we're going to justify our number one okay? okay so we're going three three two two one one correct okay so we'll start at three okay and we'll make our way to one i have a couple precursors <laughs> Shockingly. Given that we only have, <laughs> given that we only have ten minutes, um, number one is I'm not necessarily a movie person. Okay. So, um, so I'm not like saying these things are my life because Christmas movies, I could take them or leave them. 
Right. Ooh. If I'm being really honest, I probably actually feel the same way. Okay, okay, okay. But <laughs> oh, what I want to say. What are you doing? So <laughs> I chose these maybe not for reasons other people would choose them, Part but maybe. Parcel. Yep, I know. <laughs> Sorry, I did we just ruin this entire part of the game? a little bit of a strong game. intro, but. <laughs> okay, so what's your number three? Um, my number three is um, Elf. All right. Um, with um, what is his name? Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Ferrell. Thank you. <laughs> um, a fun fact about Elf, though, is that it actually took them ten years to write it, shoot it, all these things. I think I learned that on TikTok. <laughs> so fact check me, please. And my number three is uh, Die Hard, uh, which some would argue is not a Christmas movie, but it clearly takes place in the Christmas season at a Christmas party, which is why it is. Never uh, seen it. You haven't seen it. That's okay. There's not a very powerful moral to the story, but it is. I think it's I mean, definitely maybe not a moral, but it definitely it's got good action. It's not for young people because there's a little bit of violence. Um, but I I am a sucker for like the the single hero that is able to take on all this evil on their own. Hey. Maybe there's some biblicalness to that. All right, True. so that was my number three. Okay, um, my number two is The Grinch with Jim Carrey. Okay, so not the animated one. Not th- I haven't even seen that one, which I think I would like, actually. They're quite different. Okay. Um, I believe you. <laughs> I chose The Grinch because I just think Jim Carrey, is that who is in it? Yeah, so there's a theme so far in your three and two. It's the... Humor. Humor, yeah. yeah strong humor male and, and the strong uh, character. male lead, yeah. yeah. And we won't be surprised with number one, but I do have a fun fact because I love fun facts about the Grinch. Is that Jim Carrey? It took him three hours to get into that makeup every time. Yeah. And it was so uncomfortable, like those contacts and everything, that they had to hire a CIA agent who specialized in like um, getting through torture. To help him get his way through. Did you learn that from TikTok? Yes. No. So again, fact check me. Uh, my number two is the classic Home Alone. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Number um, one? No, that's my number two. Oh, no, you're talking <laughs> about which episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's clearly the first one. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. And again, maybe there's something about a singular character who takes Ooh. on all this evil, defends their home. This is a psychological deep dive. There is. There is much to be able to read into (laughs) the two of us. All right. And your number one. (laughs) Um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. How do you say that? Lampoon? Yeah. yeah. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. I'm actually impressed. That's that's a deep cut. That's from from a generation above us. Yeah. That would thank you to my parents. Um, I just a precursor. I'm not sure it's family friendly. (laughs) <laughs> I, was gonna, yeah. I saw it on the list. I did a research of like the top 16. Yeah. I saw it. I'm like, I wouldn't mention that one. <laughs> well, well okay. We watched the TV version growing up. Um, so was I it think. like 45 minutes? What? The TV version? Yeah. So so anyway, <laughs> I watched the TV version, which um, took out some of those parts. But it was, I mean, strong male lead who is just crazy. And funny. And funny. So obviously mine all go. What's yours, Brian? Mine is A Christmas Carol, and it's the story, not any particular movie. I think they've all been decent, but I just really enjoy the complexity of the different characters in it. Um, And then again, I'm a sucker for a good redemptive arc in a story. I love the opportunity that uh, Scrooge has this opportunity Mm. to be reflective of his past 
and then he's given an opportunity to change. And so there's this heartfelt arc that I think I really appreciate. So we're going to put these six up. Well, at least mm -hmm. five. I'm not sure about uh, someone's <laughs> number one. Uh, we're going to we're going to build a, a, a competitive a competitive bracket of some sort, yeah. and we're going to invite Hope Covenant to be and whoever else is joining us to uh, weigh in. And by the time we get to Christmas, we'll have the number one. We'll have a champion. We'll have a champion, undisputed. All right, let's land the plane with Christmas Eve because I do want us just to talk about the why. Mm -hmm. Not everyone was at the congregational meeting, although that was riveting and captivating. Mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. in there, we did talk about the why. So let's talk about the, the why. Why are we doing, first of all, why are we doing something different? Why, why not have the service, a nostalgic in-person service inside the building yeah. like we've always done it that's a wonderful question we are in a very specific interesting year um where being in person is not um everyone's ideal or even everyone can be especially that close to christmas and yeah why else brian well i think <laughs> part of it too is that uh, you know people have indicated that oh yes, you know, yes. they've started to go christmas on quarantine. quarantine christmas quarantine yep and so which reality, goes till Christmas. One of the things we talk about when it comes to empathy uh, in the season is mm -hmm. to realize that um, how do we make space accessible to people? Mm -hmm. And and we would we would have live stream Christmas Eve. Um, but the reality is uh, we'd be putting our the, one of the decision matri matrices that we put through ourselves through is to discern what we are putting families through in terms of choosing do we go? Do we yeah. not go? Yeah. Um, and so because of the the concern about being indoors. So we moved it outside. We Boom. moved it outside. Our goal with Christmas Eve is this. And I wrote it down because it's, it's, I want it to be succinct and I want it to be clear and I want it to be repeatable. We want to create a meaningful and safe experience that is pointed outward towards our community with the hope and the good news of Christmas. Yeah. So... Uh, I want with the little time we have left, I don't want to burn it on this, but I do want to say again, the priority is about reaching out. I think we do a good job as a church relatively well in terms of caring well for each other mm -hmm. and praying for one another and bringing meals to each other. And, but the reality is that part of our call, mm -hmm. when you talk about gathering, growing and going is that we move out yeah. and pumpkin mania taught us something. That we can go out, we can do, even in a pandemic, we can go out, we can do things that people will come to our parking lot. Because they love there's the a, parking there's lot. There's a limitation of activities yes, yes. in this season. And people are willing to come, again, because there's limitations. And so let's mm -hmm. try to put it, let's try to give Christmas Eve the most access to the most people in our parking lot. So we're going to, uh, in just a couple minutes here as we close, we're going to talk about what can people expect when they come to Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, so I was actually pitching, pitching. I was inviting one of my neighbors because um, he was like, I just moved here. Like everything's shut down. What do I do? And I was like, well, we will have llamas in our parking lot on Christmas Eve. And so him and his girlfriend are hopefully coming. Um, but as people come, you know, we're going to greet people. We've got some fun little light up um, Christmas things that our volunteers will get to wear. You get to hang out with animals. 
Um, there's a big trailer full of lots of different kind of animals. Um, Mary and Joseph are going to be there. It was really hard to get them, but... They're in high demand this time of year. They are, but we... They you know, the we trip got, to Minnesota on donkey. I know, right. So they're flying Delta. That's quite a trip. So <laughs> that'll... We're, we're excited to have them. Um, and so that's why you need to sign up because it's high demand. Um, but they're going to tell their perspective of the night that Jesus was born. Yeah. And so that is going to be a great learning opportunity. Um, what else is there going to be, Brian? There's going to be a mini version of the scavenger hunt, yes. similar to what we did at Pumpkin uh, Mania, but kind of a, a scaled down version. We are going to have hot chocolate to go. So when people are done, the idea is that you sign up for a 30 minute experience, you mm -hmm. come, you can experience all these things and then leave. And then we give you uh, so we bless you with hot chocolate on your way out to warm both the body and the soul. And then we're also going to have take-home resources uh, for families to experience kind of that silent night experience. But to do it at home with their family, we'll have candles. Mm -hmm. We'll have an audio, um, an accessible audio experience that people can hear also. Um, just, again, some of the significance and the hope that comes with Christmas. Yeah. So as we land, as we, as we kind of close this special edition yeah, of Course of in Quarantine... Uh, we back. Uh, we want <laughs> to uh, talk about how can hope be involved. Number one is, and again, I hope I hope our hope people do this <laughs> a lot, and that is inviting someone to come. Yeah, it's in a year of not a ton of things for families to be able to do. This is going to be such a fun, neat experience yep. to invite your neighbors to. You know, just yep. really simple and easy. We hope that people will come and help for maybe an hour on mm -hmm. Christmas Eve to be a greeter, um, to be uh, someone who's helping at the, the table as people are coming in or uh, even on the setup or the takedown. And there's lots of stuff. Maybe they'll need animal help. Maybe need uh, some <laughs> animal help. Those jobs will go back. Those jobs will go quick. We hope that just whole people come yeah. and enjoy it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'd also just encourage our whole people to continue to have an optimistic uh, mm -hmm. kind of bent that again we we get it and we've heard there are people who are lamenting that there isn't an in-person Christmas Eve experience yeah. or that you to the next morning is going to be an online experience which we'll talk about next week I, we get it like we feel that mm -hmm. um, so we just invite our hope people to to lament with those who are lamenting that loss yeah. but also to um, help our hope family embrace the opportunities that are in front of us yeah Again, and this is a microcosm of the entire year. There are things that we should be lamenting, for sure. Mm -hmm. But we also don't want to miss the opportunities that are in front of us. Yeah. And I think Christmas Eve is one of those. So, Rachel, thank you for spending 30 minutes with us. Hope Covenant, thanks for spending 30 minutes with us. We hope that this has been encouraging, maybe a little fun. Maybe you laughed, and maybe <laughs> hopefully uh, you have been encouraged to mm -hmm. grow and walk in your faith and also be encouraged to reach out and bring someone on Christmas Eve. Pastor Brian, Rachel Lassen, Mitchell Barhart from the Tech Booth. <laughs> we will see you Sunday.